0: Happy winter meetings, everybody. Let's talk about it all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, December 4th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 bucks. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Alrighty. It is, it, it is like Christmas morning every morning this week for me. Uh, this is one of my favorite weeks of the entire year. I absolutely love it. Uh, Winter Meetings is officially here. And for those who or maybe unaware of uh, of the magnitude of winter meetings this is where a majority of like big moves that happen in the offseason will be made uh, over this week now there have been duds in the past there have been you know certain, it's far from a guarantee uh, you know everything's weird all the time there have certainly been a couple of years in the past where winter meetings brought us next to no moves and they were super lame and nothing happened in the market got pushed back and back and back and closer to you know, spring training and, and through January and whatnot. Um, but most years, this is where a vast majority of the big splashes happen, whether it's top name free agents, because all the biggest agents in the world all attend this event. Uh, obviously, every front office is very well accounted for, and there is always a ton of trades. This is... Just the best week of the year for me. I I just, I I genuinely, I love it. Just, and and like from, from just a baseball fan perspective, not like the Tigers haven't been super active in winter meetings in 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 what feels like a decade, right? In years and years, probably like 2017 or 16. I think Jason Beck actually of MLB.com wrote an article about the Tigers uh, history in winter meetings somewhat recently. And uh, it's, it's been a while since the Tigers have made like a huge, you know, like prominent move in winter meetings. But that doesn't take away my excitement from it really at all. There are so many rumors just flying. And, and it, that's like part of the fun is that, you know, 70% of these rumors don't even end up happening. But like just hearing, you know, every hour, every 30 minutes, every 20 minutes for four days straight. You just hear nonstop baseball rumors. It's so fun. I I love this week. And I'm cautiously optimistic about the Tigers being somewhat of players. They're certainly not going to be like the big, big splash team. We're not recreating the the infamous, not infamous, the famous rather, uh, Prince Fielder trade that happened during winter meetings, obviously. I'm not saying that anything huge like that is going to happen, but uh, the, the Tigers are in a really interesting position, in a primed position, to do something this week. And, and again, that doesn't mean that it has the magnitude of like bringing in one of the best players in baseball or anything. But they, they are in a position to do something. And we've been, kind of been leading up to that for a while. We've been teasing that for a while. Teasing is not the right word. But you know what I'm saying. We, we've really been, been talking and having this conversation pretty openly for the last week or two. And and, and my, I've made my stance very clear. Uh, I would, in a heartbeat, I would do everything I could to bring in another starting pitcher, uh, a high-profile starting pitcher, whether that's Imanaga, whether that is a, a, a higher name, like MLB pitcher, right? One of the, the bigger names on the market, because there's still plenty. We'll talk about that later on in the show. There's still plenty of starting pitchers out there. Big name, good, like rep like high representation that's not the word reputation goodness been a long weekend high you know like that that is that is very much still out there there's a there's a there there are big name pitchers still available I would do that and then trade your starting pitching depth that you will have created this offseason and have been building towards for a while and go get a more prominent bat Younger team control, probably play some third base. But I'm down wherever. You <laughs> if you can hit, I'll I'll answer the phone. This is still continues to be the biggest need for this team. You know, we talk about oh, I, I want them to get a starting pitcher. There's conversations we've had about adding a higher leverage reliever. Some people out there want them to, to, to get uh, maybe like a specific corner outfield position still. Like, that, that's all fine and dandy. The, the biggest thing that this team continues to need is an actual legitimate threat in the batter's box. The starting pitching's been been serviceable the last couple of years, even with a ton of injuries. The bullpen has been more than serviceable the last two years, despite injuries. This offense has been this team's Achilles heel for two years. And was 2023 better than 2022? Absolutely. But that is maybe the lowest bars in the history of bars. The 2022 offense was one of the worst ever, literally in the history of baseball. That's backed up by numbers. And, and so the 2023 2023 team wasn't one of the worst in it wasn't even the worst in baseball woohoo you know how low how, how sad of a sentence that is our offense wasn't even the worst in baseball they still have a long way to go to the plate and I think that if you play the market strengths with which in free agency is starting pitching, And you bring in more, you create depth. We've had this conversation before, we can move on. And then you can use that starting pitching depth that you've created to bring in more help offensively. I think that's just a slam dunk decision. That's what I would like to see. At least some pieces put in motion to make that happen this week. That would be my perfect world. There's a ton of storylines surrounding this week, though. And a lot of them probably aren't going to involve the Detroit Tigers. But there's a lot of conversations that I think are still very, very much worth having. And maybe it, it might seem, I guess, a little bit more baseball-centric than Tiger-centric, but we will certainly relate all of these storylines back to your Detroit Tigers, as we always do. I think the biggest one will just obviously be the market on Shohei Otani. Uh, that's something that has been known, that it was going to be the biggest story this offseason for, honestly, over a year now. Uh, ever since it became, became pretty clear that the Angels weren't going to re-sign him, and he was going to at least test the market in free agency, uh, th- this has been the biggest storyline. There, there's numbers being thrown out there of 500 mil. There's numbers being I think Morosi, uh, not Morosi, Heyman, uh, other John uh, said uh, something along the lines of 600 mil is is on the table. We'll see. Uh, I uh, you know. <laughs> He is a, a, the definition of generational talent. You know, we throw around that word a lot now. This guy is is probably, is there something more than generational? Once in a century, maybe it's better to, to our, articulate Otani's talent. We've seen like two people do this ever. <laughs> and the last one was about 100 years ago, <laughs> right? So... Uh, I think he's going to be worth every penny. The, the crazy thing about Otani, we'll move on and, and, and get to you know more of like market and, and stuff because I think a lot more of that applies to the Tigers. Spoiler alert, I don't think the Tigers are even remotely in on Shohei Otani. Uh, but um, the, the thing that's, that people don't realize about his value, you know, people just look at on-the-field production, and obviously his on-the-field production is otherworldly. Right. He is a premier player at two different positions. That's miraculous. Uh, but even more so than that, right? Even if you're like, oh, this is the second Tommy John, maybe he's not gonna pitch ever again. What if you're paying all this money for a DH? Somewhat valid concern. I still think he's young enough to where he'll come back and be a solid pitcher. Um, but when you if you watched Angels games this year, uh you, you notice that the backdrop. For games where most teams, 29 other teams, have United States advertisements back there. Do you know the marketing departments around baseball that are drooling over the concept of, hey, you want a bidding war for our ad space behind home plate? Well, guess what? You know, Pepsi or Coke or whatever company you're throwing out there, Comerica, <laughs> right? Guess what? you now have to compete with an entire country's market and biggest businesses because they are all going to want ad space at our stadium too. And that's never been a thing before. And it's it's worth so much money to a team. He's going to make wherever he goes so much money. And that is why his contract is as lofty as it is. The biggest example of this before we get to a break here is uh there's an article about it you can go read plenty of people covered it when it happened i think we might have even talked about it on the show this year um when the angels played the padres the angels were visitors in san diego and for one series the padres sold japanese company ad space in their stadium and then when this weekend was over they went back to U.S. companies, and they went back to just the, the ads that are normally in those places. I promise he's going to be worth the money. Okay, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about the rest of winter meetings. There is a ton. Uh, I think one of the biggest things is going to be the trade market, as it always is for winter meetings. I think there's there's a couple of decisions and a couple of teams specifically that, depending on what they do, that could be a domino effect and affect our Detroit Tigers. Okay, we'll talk about that right after I tell y'all about our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the best in the business, and you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better place to get in on the action, the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of options, including spreads, player props, over/unders, and so much more. Interesting thing, I, uh, my, uh, my roommate, and my buddy, and I noticed while we were watching Sunday night football, or actually, it was the four o'clock games on Sunday, was that the Niners are now the favorites on FanDuel to win the Super Bowl. Uh, they, they have the best odds, and that is very. I mean, they, they crushed the Eagles. Uh, that was a really hyped football game that did not deliver, especially in the second half. The Niners really pulled away there, but that's interesting for the Eagles that have only helped before Sunday. Obviously, I'd only lost one game all year. We're kind of rolling everybody uh, and there seems to be some chinks in the armor and now the money's all headed toward the 49ers. So there's a lot of interesting things and it's a very, very honestly just perfect time to get in on all of the betting action with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Second segment of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every day. We will be back every single day this week. In a couple of weeks, we will move down to three episodes a week as we get to the slower part of the offseason. And then when pitchers and catchers report in February, we will go back to five. But that is definitely not happening this week. We will have an episode every single day this week, and I can't remember if it's next week or the week after we go down to three, but we'll keep you in the loop with that. This week, though, every episode is just going to be all winter meetings, full steam ahead. Friday's episode might be a mailbag, but don't ask your questions yet because I don't want them to get lost. Save those for, I'll I'll let you all know about that as well. But a lot of winter meetings coverage this week, which brings us back to today as we kind of prime ourselves and prep for the awesome week that always is winter meetings. Okay, Uh, some of the biggest stories we already talked about Otani. Obviously, that kind of goes without saying he is going to be the biggest storyline just until he signs a contract this offseason. Yamamoto, obviously another big one. I know there's some Tigers fans out there that are really holding out hope, holding their breath for, uh, you know, because there was a report that he wanted to sign with a team that had other Japanese players on it. And then the Tigers pretty quickly after signed Kancho Maeda. Uh, I really I would be stunned if they were legitimate players in Yamamoto I I would be and I'm not saying that to be like a Debbie Downer I just I (laughs) there's been very little smoke in in that department the Tigers have been interested but like everybody is interested in like maybe the best starting pitcher on the market like that that's kind of goes without saying I would hope they would be interested he he would make every single team in baseball better. He he is an unbelievable talent. Um, but he's going to get 200 mil. I, I think that he. I, I think that's the floor. Honestly, it wouldn't shock me if he got 215, even up to 220, 225. Uh, I think he's going to get a lot of money, and it's because he's going to get a lot of years. This is a guy that's only 25 years old. Most players from Japan or or from the KBO or whatever, they they usually are a little bit older when they come over and and play for MLB and Yamamoto is so young and and so talented i, I just i really think he's going to get a lot of money i don't think the tigers are going to fork over 200 plus mil to get Yamamoto i do however think that Imanaga is very much on the table and i think the tigers have legitimate interest in him uh i this is that's like one i really want and and i'm going to be heartbroken when it inevitably doesn't happen because we we've just we've gotten our hopes up a lot over these last few years, uh, but this is one I think it makes all the sense in the world. We already I already kind of laid out at the beginning of the episode why I think it makes sense to bring in another starting pitcher. I think he's exactly kind of what you're looking for. Raises the floor of the rotation a lot. Can be a solid solidified for the next three to four years. You know, two, three, or four in your rotation. I I I really like Imanaga a lot, and his market is going to progress a lot this week. Those two guys specifically, we're going to hear a ton of rumors, like probably every like three hours for the entire week. We're going to be hearing an update about those two gentlemen, uh, just because their agents are here now. And and we're going to be face-to-face meeting with these guys instead of, you know, like Skype calls across the country. So I would imagine we're going to get a lot of updates there. One of the most fascinating teams to me in winter meetings is going to be the Tampa Bay Rays. And the reason why is because kind of every off season i i feel like they're one of the bigger trade market kind of like dominoes to fall uh and if you've been following baseball for any amount of time you are very aware of the Tampa Bay Rays uh identity and, and mantra really which is just the second that we owe you money see ya <laughs> it Is is kind of how they operate um and I don't think that that's changing. Uh, Glass now seems it seems like he's going to be traded, Uh, and he's getting really close to free agency status. Is getting up there in arbitration contract money. I think he's gone. The Randy Rosarena one, I just straight up don't believe. Uh, I think that that's one where the front office maybe told the media that to like get the word out there so that they could kind of put some feelers out there about like, oh, because then like Isak Paredes. I know everybody like yells at me whenever I bring up his name just because of how the trade turned out. But like uh, like he's somebody that they're, they've they been reportedly like listening to offers on. Uh, Randy Rosarena, like the, the list kind of goes on and on. And the Randy one genuinely would surprise me. I don't really believe that one. Everyone else on their team though, I could 100% see. Uh, it's the race, okay? I, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> not going to put it past them in any capacity to uh, avoid paying really any amount of money to to like pretty much anybody on their roster so we'll see how that plays out but i think that the glass now market is something that we should keep an eye on as a fan base not that the tigers are going to get tyler glass now that's absolutely not happening they should not be trading assets to get pitchers they should be giving away money to get pitchers not trading away prospects that doesn't make any sense for the tigers in their position. I I th- well solo obviously if it's a package with you know pitchers and hitters then like I'm fine just want to make that clear so it's not misconstrued, um, but I do think that when the dominoes start falling like Bieber and-, and Glass now, right when those guys start getting traded something that's very often overlooked by people is that tr- um, market value is not strictly just contract market value can be set by trades right? We we saw it kind of already this year, a little bit in the reliever market. Some relievers got traded. There were some pretty hefty returns on those relievers that got traded. And then in free agency, some free agents, relievers got paid a lot of money, right? Over 10 mil AAV, which in, in baseball history is like a, a lot of money for a reliever, especially not like a perennial, like closer, like Ronaldo Lopez is good, but like, I think that kind of, Raised a lot of eyebrows with the amount of money that he signed for. I think it started with reliever trades and people see the value that, you know, okay, well, that prospect's pretty good. That's a pretty decent return for some, right? And and I think that that leads us also to the Chicago White Sox, who I think are going to be interested in trading literally everybody, not named Luis Robert Jr. Uh, and even him, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world to me. I don't think they're going to move him. I think they have him on such a team-friendly deal. They have him like until he's 30 years old on not very much a year. Uh, I think they're going to hold on to him. I think it would take a legitimate huge haul to pry him from that team. Uh, And I'm not not sure that any team out there is going to be willing to to match that price that they're going to set for him. Pretty much everybody else on the roster, though, I, I could see them moving, and I think they're going to shop. Uh, Cease is obviously the big one for that team. And again, I don't expect the Tigers to trade for Glass now or Cease, but I think it's important to watch that because if if that price is high, well, guess what? In a perfect world, you want to be the only player in the, the market, in the positional market. That was horrible English. In a perfect world, the Tigers would be trading starting pitchers and no one else in baseball would want or would be also trading starting pitchers. But I think the situation they're in is also not a bad one, right? Because they are clearly the tier down from Glassnow, Bieber, Cease, etc. And I think that a lot of people are going to get in line, see the contracts that were given to NOLA, see the contract that's going to be given to Blake Snell, see some of those big money deals and go, okay, well, I'm not willing to give up that much money for, for a starting pitcher. Let's check out the trade market. Oh, the the Rays want a King's Ransom for Glass now. Oh, well, the White Sox want a ton to kick off the rebuild for Dylan Sees. Let's hit up the Tigers and see if any of their young starting pitchers, right? We've talked about Matt Manning a lot. I mean, let's throw some of the prospects out there even. Team wants to give an opportunity to Wilmer Flores, right? The Tigers, if they bring another starting pitcher to a multiple-year deal can afford if it's a one year deal i understand the argument of just holding on to your assets but if it's a longer term deal you can afford to get rid of that maybe a time madden that's somebody that wasn't really on my radar that uh i i think like could be i don't think time madden has like crazy significant value but like you will have created a surplus in a position that people are actively trying to trade for and if the price is too high on the free agent market or on other uh on bigger names then they're going to hit your line. And that is your opportunity to strike while the iron is hot, and that is the opportunity you have to then improve your offense with the surplus you have in pitching. So I think it's important to watch those markets. Pay attention to the prices that that those players are going for because that market determines your market very directly, not even indirectly, straight up. That will determine what the Tigers could, you know, when we start mocking these trades, we can actually have somewhat of an idea of what starting pitchers that are better than ours are going for, and we can water those down and figure out maybe what the market is for the Detroit Tigers. So big thing I'm watching for is the starting pitching trade and free agency market this week. Okay? we got a few more things to talk about. We're going to end the show by talking about Jimmy Leland being inducted into the MLB Hall of Fame. We will do that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. Appreciate you all for tuning in. Uh, Locked On has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories and sports news of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Alrighty, talking about winter meetings, talked about a few of the storylines, the Rays, obviously the starting pitching trade market, another big one, and this is uh, not one that I expect the Tigers uh, to be players in at all. Juan Soto, obviously going to be one of the biggest storylines of the week as well. It sounds like there's a lot of momentum and a lot of smoke in the direction of uh, the Padres trading Juan Soto. And there was a lot of reports about them wanting to cut payroll. And do not get it twisted. When Juan Soto is a free agent, he is going to make an unbelievable amount of money because he is one of the most talented young hitters in this entire sport. There's an argument he is the most talented young hitter, whatever you determine the age for like young in terms of uh, baseball players is. There, There is a... There is a legitimate argument that that he is he would be one one, in uh, in that category, and so he's going to get a lot of money, and the Padres are losing Blake Snell most likely. I guess they could still pay him, but they're going to lose him. Uh, they're stuck with Bogarts for a while. They're trying to cut payroll. Sounds like they want to 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 get. What was the thing the Pistons always said back in the day that drove everybody nuts? They wouldn't call it a rebuild. They called it a retool. And then that kind of became like a meme. Like people just were like, oh, yeah, we're retooling. We're not rebuilding. That's kind of how I view them trading Juan Soto. Like, all right, you're trading one of the best players in the sport, like objectively, right? Uh, But you think that you can get three or four solid players for this one great player. And that's a trade-off that you want to make, especially considering the amount of money that Juan Soto is, and again, inevitably going to make next year when he's a free agent retool not a rebuild to retool Padres still have a lot of talent on their roster I don't think they're necessarily going anywhere anytime soon but interesting decision for sure I don't expect the Tigers to be players in it as I said um, but you know I, I think uh, that one's not as direct because the Tigers aren't going to be in the business outside of like Akil Badu maybe they're not going to be in the business of trading too many position players uh, and I don't think that like we can go, oh, look what Juan Soto got. What does that mean? Not Cuba, I, do, we'll get. I don't think that that's like close enough to to really be able to, to play that game with either. But again, just like market setting stuff is always important to pay attention to because that determines everything else going forward. I do think that when it comes to the Tigers specifically, and then we'll move on to Jimmy Leland here, uh, I think that some players to watch, uh, I already mentioned a few of them, Manning, Flores. Uh, I think that those are... are starting pitchers that you should kind of keep an eye on for sure. Uh, and then Akil Badu, we've talked about it a lot this off season already. I think if there was one position player to get moved, it would most likely be Akil Badu. And it's just because of an abundance of lefty outfielders already on this roster, on this 40 man roster. And then just like in this organization period, I think that he is probably the odd man out of the season started tomorrow. And that, would imply that he would be somewhat. I don't know if he's going to have a market single-handedly I don't think that uh, like I'm not sure that you're going to be able to like be like hey look like we have Akio Badu like what what can you give us for just him but I do think that if a team comes calling about starting pitching help that you can raise the return and raise the value of what you are going to get by including Akio Badu in a package so that's kind of what I'm looking for. I, I'm not sure he gets moved on his own, but I would not shock me. I'd even say it's somewhat likely. Maybe not this week, but over the course of the offseason, uh, I'm i very close to 50-50 on it. Maybe I'm 51-49 he gets moved. Uh, I, I really do think that there's a strong chance that Badu gets moved, and this is the week where a lot of moves happen. So that's another name to keep an eye out for, obviously, as well. Uh, the schedule this week there's a lot. Uh, I know that um, Jason Beck of MLB.com wrote uh, an article kind of breaking down the the schedule. So be sure to check that out. Go support uh, Jason; he's great at his job as well. One of our uh, one of our great beat writers. So uh, there's definitely, like I said in the article, there's a there's a schedule there, so you can see kind of what happens every day. I know AJ Hinch has media availability earlier in the week. Then the Rule Five Draft is later in the week uh we'll do a full like rule five breakdown later in the week the day that the rule five is it'll be that episode okay it's either wednesday or thursday um so we will have a full kind of like rule five prep closer to the actual draft which is always one of the last things on winter meetings that's later um but that's always something you know the tigers have picked in the rule five draft a lot of years in a row a lot of years in a row so i'm very interested to see what they have, we'll take a look at kind of the player pool, who are some of the bigger names in it. Uh, there's already been some hints that the Tigers may be wanting to add kind of a, another reliever, especially if there's a lefty reliever. That would probably be in their best interest, but we will see. Yeah, yeah You have to keep that player in the Rule 5 draft on your roster for the entire season. So you, the The front office has to be confident that you are talented enough to be able to do that. And oh my goodness, Jared Telenick just got traded to the Braves. Okay. Um Happy Winter Meetings. I love this sport and I love this week. What's the return? Uh, this is like I'm not trying to be like rude or unprofessional, but th- like this is a week where i'm I'm probably gonna have my phone out and be I have notifications for like every beat writer in America on my phone. And um the Atlanta Braves and Seattle Mariners are in agreement on a trade that will send out the Jared Kelenic left-hander Marco Gonzalez and first baseman Evan White to the Braves in exchange for f- for right handers Cole Phillips and Jackson Kowar. Wow. Wow! So the Braves pull the plug on Coar. Marco Gonzalez is is a good get. Kellenick, uh, I mean, showed a lot of flashes this year. Finally took kind of a step forward. Still has some holes in his swing. The Braves, what's their outfield? Wow. I I mean, they obviously they have room. Marco Gonzalez is such an underrated get there. That that's a that's a nice that's a nice addition for them. I'm so blown away by this. To the Braves and Cole Phillips and Jackson Coar. This just... The Braves just do whatever they want. Is that a ridiculous, like, initial reaction? Like, I'm really on the spot here. But, like... The, Bra- the Braves can just do whatever they want. I don't think that's like a historic, like all-time fleece or anything. I'm not trying to be too dramatic. But like that really feels like a good deal for the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> They traded for Coar, didn't they? And now they just flipped him for a lefty and a, a young up and coming outfielder who had like a real—I mean, he didn't—he obviously kind of flustered out toward the end of the year. Wow, we got to move on. I've spent like three or four minutes just staring in in disbelief here. I will say this. I think that there's a chance that this is a Mariners move that sets up another move. Because in a vacuum, I don't understand why else you would do that. Why would you get rid of a starting lefty bat in your outfield that was everybody had planned and penciled in to be in your lineup for the next you know, three to ten years or whatever without... Yeah, that... I, that's my take. Good job for the Braves. I think that's great value for them. The Mariners, I, I I think that this has to be a move to set up another move. You know what? The only thing that sucks about winter meetings, let's get real. Okay. Peek behind the curtain. I think the only thing that's going to suck about this week is that I am not going to be able to record episodes at like 1 PM. I'm going to have to wait until like late at night all week. Because I don't want me to record something at three and then a trade happens at six and I have to redo the whole thing anyway. Worth it though. Jim Leland, Hall of Famer. Longer episode because I didn't expect this huge trade to just happen right in the middle of it. Um, So I apologize for that. But uh, Jimmy Leland, Getting into the Hall of Fame, only one person on the committee did not vote for Leland. I believe he got, uh, was it 15 of 16 or 17 of 18? He got 94% of the vote, only one person didn't. So some mathematician can figure that out. It's one of those two for sure. Um, good for Jimmy. Good for Jimmy Smokes, man. Uh, that is, I, I mean, that that is my childhood, right? I, I I will forever love that man with all my heart. Um There are very few people that have anything bad to say about Jim Leland. He is a baseball guy through and through. He has managed countless Hall of Famers. He has managed, uh, obviously got the ring in Florida, managed a really, really good Pirates team, managed a really, really good Marlins team and managed a really, really good Detroit Tigers team. He fell in love with the city of Detroit. He fell in love with the organization and is has been a part of the organization ever since he retired as manager. Uh, I, I hope that he is represented by the Detroit Tigers in the Hall of Fame, um, but I, that's kind of one where I would completely, uh, I would be okay if it was like the Pirates. I'd be a lot more understanding of that. Um, But uh, I really hope that he just because of uh, the the magnitude that he says the Tigers had on his career and his life, I would just I I would really like for him to be represented by the Tigers. But um, whatever the case, uh, that's not even really too important to me. I'm just so, so happy for him. I honestly was really worried he wasn't going to get in. And uh, he is unbelievably deserving he is uh again one of the more prominent managers in the history of baseball I've said this before and I'll say it again when it comes to hall of fame voting and I know this isn't like super analytical and and analytics obviously are, are a big part in how I break down the game and I'm not trying to like say that they're they're not important that's I know that people try to get on one side of the aisle or whatever I think truth is always somewhere in the middle, baby. And I, I really do think that one that it that it's a healthy combination of both, and you gotta walk that line as best you can. And I think with Leland and with the Hall of Fame, one of my big takes on the Hall of Fame is that if I cannot tell the story of baseball, because it's a museum, that's its goal. It's to preserve the history of Major League Baseball. If I cannot tell the story of Major League Baseball without mentioning your name, then guess what? You're a Hall of Famer. And I'll be darned if you can't tell the story of the history of Major League Baseball without mentioning Jimmy Leland's name. So congrats to Jim Leland, his family. Awesome moment. I can't wait to see him cry on stage because we all know that he's going to. Um, I, I hope that somebody mentions Don Kelly for him. Uh, and, uh, I, I cannot wait to listen to his speech and cry myself, uh, because I absolutely will, because who doesn't love Jim Leland? And, uh, I, I just, I will forever love and appreciate what he did to this team and this city. So hats off flowers to hall of famer, Jim Leland makes me very happy to say that one last thing before we go. Um, again, Jim Leland absolutely deserves to be in the hall of fame. Absolutely. Okay. Um, if Jim Leland's a hall of famer, Lou Whitaker's a hall of famer. Long overdue. Maybe we write one of the most egregious and ridiculous wrongs in sport. And that is Lou Whitaker not being in the hall of fame. Thanks for making lockdown tigers. Your first listen every single day. We'll be back tomorrow. Winter meetings, frenzy baby all week covering the biggest storylines and whatnot from winter meetings. We'll obviously talk about the impact that has on the Tigers every day. I appreciate you all greatly. Peace and love going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers.